from baconhound.com and you're listening to off menu the podcast where i talk about food and sometimes not food with the chefs bakers restaurateurs and food producers that do all those things we love sometimes a partnership just clicks right from the start that's the way it was for brian brodziak and mark bellows of the local omnivore my guests on this episode of off menu Their new restaurant at 120th Street and 109th Ave was slated to open December 1st, but they've hit a couple of delays with the city and it's been held up a little bit. Keep an eye out for an opening any day now. I met with the former food truck operators in the new space, and they talked about what they'll miss about working on the trucks, and gave us a little bit of insight into what the future holds for the local omnivore. Without further ado, here's my chat with Mark and Ryan. All right, to start, just tell me a little bit about your backgrounds, each of you, uh, especially your past experience in the food industry. Mark? I've been cooking for 25 years. My first cooking job was at Little Caesars. I used to sell drugs out of the back. (laughs) And then I hung out there long enough that I learned how to do everything. And so the owner of the space asked me if I wanted to start getting paid. So that was my first introduction into, like, the life. It was a lot of fun. My dad was really excited when I brought home my first double free pizza. And, uh, so from there, it, it, it was spotty um, at best, uh, here, there, and everywhere for part-time jobs. A couple steakhouses, uh, sawmill, uh, overtime, basically just to make money while I was going to university studying uh, fine arts. And it wasn't until I left university, probably in about 2007, that I ended up going to Nate to study culinary arts. So I did not go and cook for almost five years after I left culinary arts. And I went and did carpentry, uh, bumped into an old culinary pal of mine who was looking for some hammers for a new pizzeria called Famoso. That's where I met Ryan, was at Famoso. Uh, Ryan and I worked together for about three years. And then one day we were cooking together up on the line. And we just sort of had a quick little chat about, you know, why don't we just entertain the idea of doing something ourselves. So the local omnivore was born about three months after that chat. And we both departed about five months after that chat. So. All right. Uh, Ryan, a little bit about your work um, history? I basically, out of high school, started working in kitchens. Um, Selling drugs out of the back? No, no, I was, I no. Just, no. <laughs> he was buying, buying. <laughs> was buying drugs out of the back. Oh. Let me into the kitchen. Uh, no, I kind of just was, it was a good part time job. Um, I was in a band and we were touring a lot. So it was just kind of one of those places that you kind of felt comfortable leaving for a month at a time, coming back. And I just fell in love with the controlled chaos that kind of surrounds kitchens. And then just worked at a few places here and there. In the meantime, dropping out of business school, we met Mark at Famoso, worked together, uh, tried to basically learn as much as possible in the running of a, a restaurant, and then basically was the start of the food truck. We kind of just figured we might as well just jump. And the last, it's almost four years now, 
have been kind of just a constant learning curve, even right up until today where we're trying to figure out how to adapt plumbing materials to <laughs> hook up an Italian coffee machine. Well, it sounds like, uh, you know, from every chef I talk to that's ever tried to open a restaurant, you know, their secondary career seems yeah. to be plumbing. Because uh, everyone's got, you got to be a partial plumber at least to get yeah. along in yeah, this business, Yeah, I was right? talking to uh, Nevin, and he was saying just how his favorite thing to have around is plumber's tape because it fixes, it solves every problem apparently. So, so what ended up being the inspiration to start the food truck? You guys are just working together one day and said, you know, why are we working for someone else? Why don't we just do our own thing or what? We knew that uh, the capital uh, would be a lot easier uh, to get into the business and start our brand as a food truck, whereas it would cost about 100000 instead of at least half a million. Right. So it's kind of just for young guys, it was accessible to us. And two to, guys working at Famoso didn't have a half a million just laying around? No? No. <laughs> no. We didn't even have a hundred thousand. Like, uh, I'm definitely not laying around. Yeah. We had to dig that out. It was kind of a marketing ploy from day one. We knew that we wanted to start our brand. We wanted to basically build it from scratch. And that was kind of the most accessible way that we could do that. Little Omnivore was the brainchild of the Lucky Dragon. Uh, which is the first food truck we actually designed and built an entire business plan around, which was a super, something that we love is dim sum. And there's no dim sum food trucks in North America. There might There probably is now. We knew that we were departing from Famoso, so I took off to go to Moksha Yoga Training in Victoria for 30 days, and Ryan took off to Japan. Just to hang out, there was no training. No I didn't learn a thing. No. Right? <laughs> Probably ex- excelling at the drinking, you know, ramping it up. Oh, yeah. During the y- yoga training, I texted texted Ryan. It was I the s- logo, basically. It was the logo. I had wrote, said, I wrote down the local omnivore, and through the sort of the meditation of doing yoga every twice a day, I'd come to, like, the final idea that, yes, everything that we'd worked on up to now was awesome, but there was some sort of hard part that was missing from it that would be sustainable and it was a lockdown you were you were tying ourselves into an idea with lucky dragon that would never be anything else but that and that seemed super dangerous the more i thought about it and so when we ryan and i talked about this and it was very quick he understood probably the philosophy where it was coming from like instantaneously and it was a yes like okay and then so when we returned back to edmonton about the same time within probably another three weeks we had the food trucks bought yeah, the menu developed itself over the last three years. You'll see a lot of that here in the new restaurant. But yeah, it's kind of an interesting side note that we really we're just so excited just to do something else, even dim sum food truck. It's, re- it's really interesting to me to hear the story actually started as a dim sum food super truck. Super strange. So yeah. I think to myself, okay, well, I dim sum isn't something that comes to mind when I think about local omnivore food truck. Definitely, it's not. Ham- uh, bacon and egg sandwiches yeah. and stuff like that. You know, yeah. classic comfort food yeah. kind of stuff. And how do you get that from sticky buns and steamed dumplings? Well, you, you, <laughs> you get back no, to you get back to more like who you are, what you're doing, more Canadian. And then the real so the real thing was that this was a concept that was super broad that would allow a lot of growth. And then the ideas of a food truck is only a marketing tool towards an end. What are we going to market? Let's market bacon. So then we spent. We built a smoker, we started building a food truck, and we started making bacon. So what made this the right time to open a bricks-and-mortar restaurant then? 
we needed to create a base and show people that we could stay the same and stay focused on just making great food in a really fast paced environment. That's always been important to us. That's where a lot of it comes back to Famosa where we're banging out so much food, but you're not losing the concept of the quality. So that, that all the lessons from Famosa have stayed with us. The property. Yeah. We've been looking for a good amount of space for quite a while now. We know Anton, who's the owner, one of the owners of this building. We liked where this building was going. We wanted to to be a part of it and kind of build something that was off the off track a little bit. We just kind of jumped in. Like we were looking at places that were probably about a thousand square feet, maybe fifteen hundred, nice small. Uh, this one was the smallest bay here, twenty five hundred square feet, and we wow. just kind of figured we could grow into it eventually getting into the wholesale market and well we're going to have a big retail section here uh so people can take home everything that we cook with everything everything you need Mm -hmm. we should be able to have available here so small little market and as well as 40 seat restaurant and then move into the wholesale game uh well over time when we actually have the ability to do that much work Sure. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to spread yourself too thin, right? No, exactly. The location to me was interesting because it is, uh, for people who don't know, it's going to be a little bit north of Oliver in a, yeah. a, a kind of a light industrial area. And so it's not uh, a major road. It's not a whole bunch of foot traffic coming by here at this point, right? And it's interesting to me because shortly after I found out you guys were moving in here, the Duchess Bake Shop announced they were opening yeah. a couple of spots in the same building. And I thought, yeah. okay, this could this could become a destination if you get three or four places mm-hmm. in the same little neck of the woods here. Yeah, I think the I think we're we crystal ball a lot of stuff. Like when we when we sit down, we look into the future, and we talk about the city. Brian and I love. First of all, we love the city a lot. And you know, there'll be days where back when we were looking for spaces where we drive around for half a day and you just look at places and you think like what's going on and what's here and you look in stores and you see what's going for release and then you call people. There was a space that we really loved right across from the law courts. And we must have called this guy three or four times. And at the last conversation, he finally said, he says, look, guys, you know, like I'm really excited for you guys. I know where you guys are trying to do, but you guys need to learn about parking. Parking is going to be something that is going to be crucial to, to your success. So sure. you go here, and then you, the first thing you look at is the parking. Right. And it becomes the the main reason why you do things. You learn that the city is a, a car city, and everyone who wants it to be something <laughs> different can keep wanting it to be something different. It's fine. They should just move to fucking Vancouver. <laughs> that would be great. And, and they'll be really happy. But they, they're not going to be happy here because it's not... It's not. It isn't that way. And so when you need when you need a lot of people to come by, then you need to be on between two giant roads. So Ryan and I sat around and watched the cars go by. We count count the traffic. Okay. Well, this is boring. We last about fifteen minutes. Yeah, and they all looked like they wanted sandwiches. Yeah. And so, uh, so you go on the internet and you're like, look up the city's uh, all their surveys from all the years gone by, and you start looking for where is their cheap rent wrapped in high traffic areas with lots of parking. And we found one spot. And, and you're in it. And we're all sitting in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, whether that works or not, we don't know. Well, I mean, hey, that's good. If you find the perfect spot for you. It's awesome. We're quite happy that you're actually on a bike path that's going to be a five-minute bike ride for us to get over here. Me as well. So obviously there's a lot to learn with opening a bricks-and-mortar restaurant as opposed to a food truck, but what what did you learn from running the food truck that you think is going to really help you guys out in getting this place open? Uh, Organization. Uh, There's not a whole lot of room in the truck. 
everything had to be in its place. Everything had to be, we purged it all the time. Here, I'm already tired from walking back and forth, but we'll see. We'll see so how that goes. So you built the kitchen to be like a food truck, yeah. so you guys are in there like sardines. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're used to. What are you going to miss the most about the food trucks? Are you, are you keeping them, or are you going to keep running them, or are you getting rid of them? No. Won't I don't know. I can't. Yeah, everything I <laughs> think about, I'm just trucks. like not a little bit. So I can just driving, parking, fighting with cars that are parked in the wrong spot. The smallness of it and the small team dynamics are different. But if we had never managed restaurants together and worked with people and told them what to do, then this would probably be very scary. I want to I want to move the focus a little bit off the food trucks, which is the kind of the past for you guys, and, and move it a little bit more onto the restaurant. I'm not really sure what you guys are doing here as far as the concept. I've heard deli, you know, you're talking about deli and some retail and everything. So maybe kind of straighten me out on exactly what we can expect to see when the doors open here. What kind of food and what kind of menu and what kind of hours, all that good stuff. Tuesday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., one menu. Um, It'll have a breakfast plate on it, so your traditional breakfast. You'll also have the traditional sandwiches from the food truck. You're also going to see us curing our own meats, which is an extension of the bacon. So you're going to see smoked corned beef, roast beef, ham, pork loin. Lots of sausages as well. Lots of sausages from the spirit of the butcher side of it. Like, what do you do with all this stuff that's not waste? Grind it up, make it flavorful, turn it into something delicious. Hmm? Almost no salad. I don't think there's a goddamn salad on the whole menu, which is awesome. (laughs) No. Ryan wrestled me into having roast vegetables, which I think is awesome now that I look back. Root vegetables. We got a couple of surprises up our sleeves for the regular week menu. Then the brunch menu. Yeah, brunch is, uh, we're doing a simple brunch, but different. We have sloppy tacos. Then there's the broke back breakfast, which is uh, your choice of five meats. Yeah. There's a little humor in our, we didn't really realize this until we talked to Kelsey that. How sexual. How sexual our menu (laughs) really really was. So we have sloppy tacos, the line. Yeah. Which I believe you've had. Bacon schnitzel, grilled cheese sandwich with a fried egg and hollandaise on top. So it's a take yeah. on your croque madame. Yeah, that sounds all um, right to me. A little yeah. bit German, so she's, so we she's changed, got the frower line. got it out of the French one. Yeah. So where's the sexual reference there? Oh, she's just, just German women. She's just so general. hot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Broke back breakfast, the frown line, sloppy tacos. Couple breakfast sandwiches. The traditionals, uh, the your tra- uh, green eggs, no ham, the super smoked bacon. We got some great cocktails uh, that we're working on. And the weekend brunches are Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 3. So it's really an old line cook's dream timeline for 7 to 7. We're opening up the doors to massive potential for pop-ups with all the guys that we love to cook with. That was a huge part of why we wanted to be done at 7. We wanted to create a venue for food to really explode. I feel like some places have attempted that, but I don't think it's been executed the right way where, you know, we got a cooler that's almost twice as big as what we need. And it's twice as big as what we need because we know that other guys need to be able to put their stuff in there. The prep hall is twice as big as, as it needs to be because we want to make it so that another guy can come in and work for six hours and get his dinner ready, and we're hanging out here being his minions. That idea sounds like it's a really good uh, incubator for some creativity yeah. mm-hmm. in the Edmonton food scene. I feel which like I uh, skirted his question pretty well about like what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. It's a thing. All I heard was everything was sexual, and yeah, and there might be yeah, food, yeah, and cocktails. Good skirt, yeah. It's a it's a it's a <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, we we tried to we tried to like say it was going to be a deli, 
And at the end of the day, it's an Edmonton restaurant with a lot of focus on making your own stuff from scratch. And when you love meat, you end up trying to figure out how to use this whole animal. And then when you do that, then you go down into salumis and one of my most hated words, charcuterie. <laughs> is it because it's French? It is. And you get, you get into these things automatically because you have a whole animal and you're like, well, okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to waste you. It's a, yeah, it's a restaurant. We've got 40 seats. We want to share everything that we do on every level. So we want you to take it home and we want you to buy the raw stuff so you can do it at home yourself. When, when are you guys looking to open? What's, what's the date that you have in mind to open to the well, public? Well, I'm opening on the 1st of December. Uh, yeah. Or what are you doing? I'm gonna be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll be there too. This Tuesday, yeah, we'll be, we'll be, we're gonna just not be as loud about it. Just right off the start, take it nice and slow, and and build it from there. Build it properly, just so we can execute the best. But if you're hungry on Tuesday and you're, it's between the hours of seven and seven. Let's let's have some lunch or breakfast or dinner. If you had a teeter totter, and on one side was stress and the other side is excitement. Which way is that thing leaning right now? I don't think it's gone it's off in the middle. excitement. I've been super lazy, so I never really <laughs> go up the stress side. No. I just sit on the ground on my excitement. I think it's like this, though. <laughs> just even, huh? I think it's balanced. We're just we're tired in a really great way. We drink too much. We party too much. We haven't let go of those things at all. Yeah, so I think that's really gotten us through like a lot of things. The only way you get a day off around here yeah. is when you can't get out of bed. No. But yeah, I think you can understand how restaurateurs get stressed out. And they get stressed out because they don't have the ability to get stuff done. It's not in their hands. This shop is in our hands all the time. If it's not getting done, if it's not done right, it's our fucking fault. When we do get stressed out and we are frustrated with other things, it is because it's outside of our hands. Because it's the city inspector and now it's out of your hands and now you're you're worried and you're frustrated. But as soon as you either get a red sticker and you have something to do or you get a green sticker, both situations are positive. All right. So before we move on to the little popcorn round that we do at the end, which is a bunch of rapid fire questions, uh, I always like to give the guests an opportunity to kind of a little shout out to some of their favorite restaurants, food trucks. Coffee house, bakery, whatever you like. Well, Darcy uh, Whimsical, she's been great to us. She's. Uh, uh, I've been going to meet quite a bit. Yeah, they've been feeding us and fueling us a lot. The whole the whole next act and meet teamer is awesome. Love those guys. Bakery, Handy. Yeah, Handy's been nice. Yeah, we've fallen in love with Handy Bakery. Icon Coffee. Yeah, Iconoclast. That's most mornings. Joe from Cafe Level. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much everybody in the food community. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're not going to shit talk the other ones, so we'll just leave. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on to the popcorn round. You guys ready? I'm going to ask each of you the same question. So I'm going to take turns so somebody doesn't get screwed by having to answer first every time. Beer, wine, or cocktails? Mark. <laughs> all of the above? The popcorn, all of the, all popcorn the, machine's not working. All of the above. <laughs> I, liked, I didn't know that was an option. All of the above. Everything's an option here. Okay. Yeah. Brian? Beer. Beer. Ryan, do you have a phobia? Oh, caves. <laughs> yeah, I hate the idea of crawling into something and the only way out is back. Like, I just caves. Sounds like sex. Yeah. Uh, I'm super freaked out by sex. <laughs> and now I have a headline for this podcast. 
Right. Super freaky. Phobias. Onesies with feet on them. <laughs> yeah, don't like them. I'm, I'm not going to argue that one. Mark, what is your kitchen kryptonite? One thing that just gives you trouble in the kitchen all the time. Sass. Like sarsaparilla? Sassy people. Mm, don't sassy like sassy people. people. People are your kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sassy people, attitude people, people who don't want to listen. Brian? I have no idea. Something you can't cook? Most things. Most things? Okay, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm fully addicted to salt, and it makes me so feel right terrible. So right in front of house. Yeah. All right. Got that. Salt. <laughs> Served a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what would your last meal be? Pizza. 100%. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. That's good. I thought you were going to go for fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's steal that uh, Mark, what is your kitchen jam? Uh, jazz. Miles Davis. All right. Right? High kicks. Stoner jams. Yeah. Stoner jams. High <laughs> <laughs> kicks. That's good. Ryan, who is the coolest person you know? Can't say your spouse if you've got one. Oh, she's pretty cool. She is. The coolest person I know? My mom. Nailed it. Wow. <laughs> Just stop the interview right now. This guy, you're not going to top that. Probably me. Probably the coolest person I know is me. All right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with that. I'm pretty right. comfortable with that. He doesn't know I know myself people. barely well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot of people. It's pretty Super modest. <laughs> Favorite way to eat potatoes? Garlic, garlic oh, mash. Garlic mash. Garlic mash. Yeah. Right? Fried. Fried like french fries? Yes. Or fried any which way? Probably fried like french fries. Okay. They're little sticks. Oh, this one, you guys should be a natural <laughs> for this one here. Brian, uh, favorite curse word? Uh, definitely fuck. <laughs> Motherfucker. Biggest misconception about food trucks? Mark. Uh, that you make a lot of money. Uh, that it's easy? I don't know if that's a misconception at all. This one's going to either be the, the hardest one or the easiest one. The secret to a happy life is blank. <laughs> Squeeze juice. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. That's it for another episode of Off Menu. Find links for the local omnivore and a list of their favorite Edmonton food spots in the show notes at baconhound.com. Special thanks to Mrs. Glass for providing the theme music for Off Menu. Until next time, remember, life's too short to eat shitty food. Mm